0: It's The Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia.
1: And welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. Well, it's a Sunday, the very last day of July as the weekend continues. I hope it's a good one for you, whether it's real estate or just relaxing, putting the feet up and just catching your breath. Yes. It is the 31st of July. Tomorrow, we know we are carving off the year. When we hit August, the back end of 2022 has begun, and spring is getting closer, which is going to be great for you listing your property if you're waiting until spring arrives. Coming up, we are reviewing the last seven days with the Sunday in Review Breakfast Podcast with some of the leading interviews and thought-provoking commentary around your real estate this morning
0: from first home buyers to property investors and everything in between every morning on the real estate podcast grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6 30. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au
1: And around Australia we go to have a look at your weather. First to Sydney, it's going to be cloudy but dry, your high of 17 degrees. Melbourne, expect the rain today and windy conditions with 15. Brisbane, it should be mainly fine. Maybe a little bit of cloud around for your Sunday, but 21 is your forecast top. And in Perth today, expect one or two showers and your high of 17 degrees
0: it's your real estate weekend podcast in review
1: is it all doom and gloom for vendors especially in bondi sydney right now
2: No, I don't think that is all doom and gloom because the reality is that people still want to live and people still need to transact and and people are still buying and selling because you know, life still proceeds. So, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. There are people that will certainly pay a premium for the right property. I think it's just important to really make sure you listen to your agent and, and really make sure that the property presents itself in the best light possible and that you're doing everything you can and listening to the agent and marketing in the right way because more than ever, now it's really important to get the property out there through as many marketing methods as possible when it is on the market and listen to the agent and, and listen to their guidance and advice. And I think that in line with presenting it as best as possible is still going to give you the good opportunity to get the best prices.
1: You know, I had to ask you the doom and gloom because that is followed up with the possibility next year, the market could bounce back, catch a little bit of a bump. And we all know that property is about confidence. It's about getting that little bit of a bump, a little bit of confidence. Suddenly a different side re-emerges from where we are right now.
2: Absolutely. I mean, look, I think people are a little bit shaken. And and as you said, the confidence has been knocked a little bit with the last, um, you know, four interest rates rise very quickly. We had one, another one, and then a double one. Uh, People were not expecting to go up 50 basis points. So I I think that at the moment there is a little bit of that combined with, you know, winter, a lot of rain we've had, people can now travel. So I think that from my perspective that people will certainly get a bit more comfortable once they come back. And as I said before, my feeling is that some uh, market will, will traditionally come back and we'll see a bounce back, you know, early next year and follow through. It's very hard to predict where it's going to be. Nobody could have seen, you know, what happened with COVID and, and how prices, you know, really uh, flared up. So my, my feeling is that we'll, we'll probably have yeah a little bit of a bounce back. And, and I, I think that people will come back and, and be refreshed from the breaks that they've been able to have and refocus.
0: Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. What
1: are you observing from first home buyers and particularly the strain of their finances right now?
3: Yeah, that's, a, that's very topical at the moment. One of the biggest challenges for first home buyers is their deposit, as well as trying to maximise essentially what they're able to borrow. So the, the confluence of increasing rates, there's the issue around the um, increased cost of living that's impacting everybody, obviously with inflation running hot, uh, cost of living going up. There's a lot more scrutiny starting to come down the line from the providers around some of these types of things that are impacting uh, what buyers can do. In saying that, There's a lot of buffers in there with living expenses, benchmarks and stuff, but it does start impacting the buyers and not only are they trying to save for a deposit, but they're getting hit with increased cost of living pressures as well as increasing rates, which is impacting what a lot of them want to be able to do at the moment.
1: Mm, Yeah, good point. And one of the problems a first home buyer has is not just the expenses going up, but also as a result of that, it can reduce their borrowing power.
3: Yeah, we're seeing that across the board. And for first home buyers, it's not insignificant. A lot of them are already looking to try and maximise what they can borrow because they might have a smaller deposit. They might be trying to access one of the government schemes around the first home loan deposit scheme or something. So. Their borrowing capacity is critical, and that is being impacted by increases in interest rates. So while the provider buffers may not have changed, the fact that the interest rates are rising, what they're assessing the the borrower at is, is higher. So that impacts how much they can actually borrow. Then you add the cost of living pressures, living expenses going up. That additionally impacts what someone is able to borrow. So what we're finding is the first buyers have those affordability constraints and they're being squeezed a little bit from, from all sides. Cost of living pressures, increasing interest rates, that's impacting how much they can borrow. And then again, that's flowing through to what they can afford to buy.
0: It's the Real Estate Podcast, across Australia, seven days a week. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. And Tanya, I
1: saw that you were quoted as saying that stamp duty is disincentivizing people to right size now, which picks up on the point that you were talking to earlier, and also in the future, and will continue to have unintended consequences. So just once again, just highlight some of those consequences.
4: Yeah, well, look, I mean, stamp stamp duty is is a significant portion of the cost of purchasing a home. And that's on top of a whole range of other costs that you have in terms of agent fees and, and other bits and pieces. The median house price here, we are still the most affordable city in the country at the moment here in Perth. But if you were to sort of have this challenge in, in New South Wales or Victoria, where, you know, in New South Wales, we're looking at over a million dollars as the median house price. I mean, it's it just puts housing or home ownership completely out of reach. The challenge around um, transitioning away from stamp duty, making sure that the state government still... It's a revenue neutral exercise for them because it, it does form such a, a significant part of their revenue that we need to make sure that the revenue side of things isn't heavily impacted by a change, but also to give people choice. And that's why, you know, we support, you know, an opt-in model whereby You can choose to pay the stamp duty up front if that makes sense for you, if you're intending on being in the property for a significant period of time. So I think it's about choice. I think it's about flexibility and providing those options to people to do what we can to help them get into a home that suits their needs.
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. And the seller,
1: importantly, chooses the period of time that they want to run the auction and probably just as importantly, they're able to extend the auction as well.
5: That's correct. So there's a start date of the campaign and unlike a traditional auction where the auction is conducted in four weeks on a Saturday or a Sunday, whatever the case may be, the auction commences from day one of being on the market. And then there's a closing period. Now that final closing period allows only those people that are registered and are currently bidding on the property to continue bidding once the clock stops at a certain time, which has been set. Okay. So how does the bidding process itself work? So the bidding process itself is is quite interesting and it's quite unique. The platform itself facilitates real-time communications and negotiations in property transactions. In the example of Christmas Creek Road or Mandalay, the first bid came in on the 13th of July at $1.5 million. We then can determine what our increments we're looking for up until the final close. At this stage, we've set a $50,000 rise. So we currently have 1.6 million as a current bid and three qualified bidders that are continuing to fight it out until Friday the
1: 29th.
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. And there are some
1: agents in the marketplace still struggling, aren't they, to get vendors to set a realistic reserve to sell under the hammer. So what advice or tips are you giving these agents to help with their pre-auction discussions with vendors?
6: Can't tell you how many phone calls I've received the last fortnight more in particular about Fabian, what are you saying to your sellers? What are you saying to the agents to help get these reserve prices down? We've still got a large portion of sellers that just are stuck in that post-pandemic market and it's really affecting our clearance rates. And also, Craig, that actually affects the, the, the clearance rates as a whole because clearance rates are also depicted whether the agent is able to help educate the sellers in getting their reserves in line. Now, what I'm saying to them at the moment is we need to really explain the risk factors in setting a reserve too high. And what happens is in this market, Craig, when you've When you're in a buyer's market and the vendor set their reserve at a a very, very high level that logically doesn't make sense for a buyer, the moment that you set a reserve high, you're going to need to break the auction up. You're going to need to pause it. You're going to need to then go inside and speak to your seller and say to them, we haven't organically gotten to your reserve right now. And the danger of that is that you then make your buyers out there on the auction floor, start to rethink their bidding, overthink their strategy, and actually potentially even worse, get in their car and drive away. So I'm explaining the risk factors in setting their reserve that they could actually lose buyers midway through the auction. And what are you saying to your sellers? So I'm, I'm explaining to my sellers that there's two price points that go through a buyer's head during an auction, a logical price and, a, and an emotional price. So I'll say something like this. I'll say, logically, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, bidders are going to bid up to a level where they see value in your property. They're going to factor in comparable sales, market conditions, rent return, all these sort of things. They're going to be thinking with their head. Now, what happens is when a property logically goes up to that point, your buyers then want the property on the market because what we need to do then from here is we need to take your buyers from a logical price to an emotional price in a split second rather than allowing our buyers too much time to overthink their bidding. Once your buyers enter into an emotional state of mind, they start bidding with their heart, no longer their head, and a different set of fundamentals come into play like home ownership, fear of loss, the fact that they are going to end their real estate journey today. So when your buyers get emotional, they're more inclined to keep bidding because they're actually guaranteed to buy the home at that stage. Before it's on the market, They're no longer guaranteed to buy the home. They're just guaranteed negotiation rights, which doesn't guarantee them the keys after the auction.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.